There we go. We should be recording now. So, hello, John, when you listen to this, I've remembered to press record. <laughs> um, I think I lost Betty somewhere along the way here because of the sound. But anyway, we're all here. Oh, that's real long. So, uh, announcements, prayer group. There is a prayer group this Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Zoom. It's being led by Fiona. Fiona? Where's Fiona? I saw Fiona just now. No, Fiona was there. Now I've lost the picture. Fiona. I am here. Ken's messing with the camera. Oh, well, well then, Ken, I'm messing with the computer. Um, there won't be a Tuesday uh, email for two weeks because John and Jill are away. And Sunday services are going to be on Zoom at least until John gets back end of October because of all the uncertainties. And John was really the only one that knew what to do. So it seemed wiser just to say, we'll play safe and find out what's going on and get John back. Um, so that's the announcements. So we're going to have a, um, the first song. And then I'm hoping it says David is going to do the prayer time. Is that right, David? Just wave at me if you are, David. Yeah, okay, David's got that. So David will do the prayer time. And this is the risky bit for me now. Let's hope we can get me doing the um, prayer song. There's his two little buttons I've got to press. That one there. That one there. That one there. Share. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the faces dry. Peace. 
David, if you'd like to unmute yourself, and there we are, over to you. Okay, so I'll be praying right now. Um, so yeah, dear God, I just pray for all of the students and the children who are returning back to school. Um, and we know that there's already been a COVID-19 case in Chetwin School in Dunedin. And God, we just pray for your continuous protection over all of the children and students, over all the staff and teachers and everyone um, who is returning back to school in the near term. Um, God, we ask that you would just stop the virus from spreading further, that this wouldn't compromise the education of um, the students getting back at primary, secondary, sixth form and university. Um, and we just command in Jesus' name um, that the virus would just yeah, just stop spreading any further, that this would no longer have um, a negative toll in our lives, and that we'd be able to just live um, safely, and, and that we'd be able to get back to normal life. Um, God, we also pray that you would be with the students who will be having at, um, exams at the end of this year, um, so the year 11s and the year 13s right now, um, and we ask that you would just support all these students emotionally, God, that you would be their rock. Um, as uh, just studying back at school after a long period of six months. Um, I also pray, pray for the millions of Uyghur Muslims who are in China who are being killed and tortured in inhumane ways in concentration camps while the Chinese government has been trying to hide this from mainstream media for several years. Um, Holy Spirit would just pray for you to be unleashed and that you'd be able to, that you'd just set a fire um, in these concentration camps and within these people. Um, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would provide a way out of the suffering um, for these Uyghur people, that you'd protect them, that you'd heal them, that you'd strengthen them, and that you would reveal yourself to them. Um, we just pray that these Uyghur people would be able to see you, Jesus, in their dreams, um, in visions, that they would be able to be radically encountered by you, Jesus, um, and we just pray to see revival and miracles and healings and testimonies. Um, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would convict all of these security guards and people in authority making this, these horrible choices, that you would just convict them with God's morality, that you'd convict them with God's compassion, um, and that you'd just be able to convict them to just stop what they're doing um, and just end the suffering for all these millions of people. Um, so for those of you who might not know about this, um, the Chinese government have been like putting millions of these ethnic minority group called Uyghurs in concentration camps um, who are also Muslims um, and they're basically just being killed and tortured and being forced to go against just areas of their religion. Um, so I'd just like to have a couple of minutes for people to just pray out. Um, about that and against that. Uh, if you're going to pray out loud, please unmute yourself. Yeah. Lord, we would pray for uh, these uh, this ethnic minority in in China. But Lord, we would pray for for all those that um, have a religion but are persecuted. Lord, we, we pray that you would reveal yourself to each of these groups to show them that you are the true and living God. 
Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, we want to pray that you will continue to expose what these Chinese authorities are doing and trying to hide everything, Lord Jesus. Thank you that they cannot hide it from you, Lord God, and nothing escapes your attention, Father God. So we thank you for that, Father. And we pray together with David, and we pray together that you will continue to reveal yourself to people when this concentration comes, but also that the light will shine in that darkness, Lord, and that things will be revealed and show exactly what the Chinese government stand for, and uh, put an end to this, Lord God, put an end to this, because this is not right. They interfere in people's freedoms of life. And Lord, we pray that you would curb more and more all the pervert way, perverted ways that they do, that they have to achieve their goals, to control people's lives and people's freedoms. In Jesus' name we pray, through the power of your spirit, curb the Chinese government's methods and ideas and, and, and uh, yes, all, all the devious ways that they find to try and control people's lives. And, and, and we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will continue to highlight it, um, maybe using the media, using people that infiltrate places like that, so that the world may know and the Christians around the world may be more and more aware of how to pray and see really things turned around, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
and righteousness will be the sceptre of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hand. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Well, welcome to my recorded video. You can tell by the change of shirt that I'm no longer where I was. What I would like to do this morning is spend a little time looking at some very real basics of our Christian faith. The sort of stuff that's so fundamental we sometimes forget it, but it's extremely important that we remember it and ask ourselves continually, are we still in focus with it? So in the first of these 10 minute talks, we're going to look at three small points, all to do with our basic Christian faith. Now, the first point is very, very obvious, but we tend to sometimes forget it. Everything goes back to Jesus. He is the cornerstone of our faith. Nobody else in the Bible, no teaching in the Bible, no theology, Jesus. We are talking about a relationship. Our faith is a relationship, not a code, not a selection of knowledge, not um, a group or an organisation. It's a relationship with God. And everything in this relationship goes back to and depends upon Jesus. How we live our lives, our morality, the decisions we make, the model is Jesus. Our next life, our dependency in the next life, all depends upon him our trust in him. We have this wonderful word faith. Let's look at the meaning of the word faith briefly. It doesn't just mean believe. It means believe and trust and put your hope and confidence in. It certainly doesn't mean to be right or be part of. It's about trusting and acting on that trust. It means relying upon. I may believe that a bridge will hold me. It's only when I walk on it that I'm trusting. It's only when I walk on it and or drive across it that I exercise my faith. I have to cross it to show the trust. So one thing to ask ourselves is, do we believe that God is good? Do we believe that God is fair, just? And sometimes the answer to many difficult questions is just that. I can't understand something, but I trust, I believe, I have faith that God is good. At the end of time, at the end of uh, these periods of our existence, we will stand before God and say, yes, he was good. 
what he did and what he said and the examples he gave us and the things he allowed to happen were good. Now, we can learn a little bit about this from the present COVID uh, that we're all involved with. We can look at the science of COVID. It's out there. Um, it's not that difficult really to understand and very few scientists and epidemiologists and doctors and people disagree about the science. What they disagree about is how you apply the science. That's the difficult thing. The knowledge is there. How do we apply it? That's the difference. So how do I come off this now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So how, how do I, sorry, I was struggling with my, my computer there. How do I apply the knowledge that we have from COVID? Right, this is like faith. The knowledge is there. The application is faith. We understand the background of COVID. Do we trust our politicians? Do we trust our epidemiologists? The application of science takes faith. So let's think about this. It's showing us that in the end we have to believe the science, but trust to put it into action. That's faith. Faith is not blind. All knowledge depends on faith. Faith is uh, sensible. My faith is in Jesus. Why? Because it works. So my first point this morning is everything goes back to Jesus. My faith, my trust is in him. The theologies may change, the, the backgrounds may change, but at the end of the day, I put my trust, my faith in him. Now, the second point, the second picture to pick up on this morning is one that reoccurs all the way through the scripture. And it basically says, God is like a good father. Uh, that begs the question, what sort of father? Now, at the time that uh, these, these stories were written, the father was in complete charge of the household. In fact, in Roman times, uh, if someone from the household had gone out and upset the Romans, um, it was the father of the household, the head of the household, was head to, held to account, not the uh, person who caused the offence. So the father, the head of the household, had total control, even to life and death, over everybody in the household. So that's the picture of father we're looking at. Somebody who is totally in control, totally powerful. But the picture we have is of a God who is a kind father, a caring father, a good father, who is looking after us. Now, when my grandchildren first came along and, and they were quite small, I had a little thing about putting when I went to bed and put them to bed. I always used to say to them, I will always love you. But then I'd add, and I'll always tell you off when you're naughty. And I get a little giggle when they get the message. You know, part of the role of being a grandparent is you can give them back later on, but you're still responsible when you've got them. So that's now uh, changed a bit because they've now grown up a bit and they're able to debate and talk this over with me. But the, the point is still there. They understand that if there's love, there will be discipline. I can't let them go and do things which I know to be dangerous or know to be uh, not good for them if I don't tell them. Sometimes I've got to be quite strict. Uh, if you're in my house, how long have you been on TikTok? That's long enough. You have to be strict. Love brings discipline. And that's how God treats us. He will always love us, 
but he will always bring discipline, even if we're naughty. You might have to wait for that, but it will come. Now, here's a question for you. What about stupidity? If you're stupid, well, I'm going to leave you think about that one and just smother it over. If you're stupid, how is God going to uh, handle you? So here are two points about our relationship with God. It's all about Jesus. And secondly, God loves us and disciplines us because he loves us. And now the third point, just to close this uh, little first 10 minutes with. We have two ways of learning about God. The first one is our direct experience with the Holy Spirit. And the second one is the teachings we have through the Bible. Now, these two things will never come into conflict. Now, here's somebody saying, to, what about the church? What about the church? Yes, but the church depends upon the Holy Spirit and the Bible. They never come into conflict because the Holy Spirit gave us the scriptures. If you find areas of your understanding in which your uh, experience of the Holy Spirit seems to contradict your reading of the Bible, either you have misunderstood the Holy Spirit or you've misunderstood the Bible or very possibly both. So we come back to trust. Now, why am I making this point? Because when we read the Bible, we are tempted to read into it what we want to see or we apply into it the past teachings that we've had. And often because of that, we don't let it speak to us. We don't let it just say what it's saying. So I'd like to encourage you to read the scriptures and just hear what they're saying. Don't worry about interpreting them incorrectly or wrongly. Just let the scriptures teach you. The Holy Spirit will lead you and you have a lot of teachers to help us as well. But let's let the scriptures speak for themselves and not read into them what we want them to say. This can unlock a great deal of adventure for you in the scripture when you read it through and just say, what's it saying to me? What is the point of this story? And try not to uh, put on it what you've previously had. Now, we're going to unpack this bit in the next 10 minutes. So I'm going to stop now. And uh, if I can make the camera stop, and we'll, we'll look at the, the next part in the next 10 minutes.
to this first session's three points. First point, our faith is a relationship that has Jesus at the center. It's not a code, it's not a set of rules, it's not belonging to anything, it's not doing anything, it's all about a relationship with Jesus. And our journey is to learn to trust him. Second point, God is a loving Father who also disciplines us. We may have to wait for that discipline, it may be eventual, but it will be there and it will come. And the third point, let's let God speak to us through the scriptures and the Holy Spirit and let's not tell him what to do or to say according to the messages of the Lord's Prayer. The person we follow is Jesus. Bible examples and stories are there to help us compare them with Jesus. It, it sounds a bit trite sometimes to say, what would Jesus do? But that's not a bad thought and not a bad thing to say. So despite it being trite, it's a, a good message. In a situation, what would Jesus do? And we can apply that to the way that some of the Bible characters have lived and uh, shown their lives. We'll come to this in a minute. So why am I making this point? Okay, uh, one example is to maybe look at the way we teach our children sometimes about Bible stories. Now please, I'm not saying that this is wrong. We have to teach children what children understand. But I am saying when we grow up, that's us, we may need a little bit more discernment um, about what we've read. Let's look at an example. Let's take Samson. I was clearly taught as a child what a fine chap he is and that uh, we could learn from his example and maybe be a fine chap like him. If you go back and read his story again, uh, let me ask you how would you react to your child or grandchild um, coming home one day and saying, I'm going to be like Samson. I'm going to provoke fights and spend a lot of time with prostitutes. 
you'd be thrilled, wouldn't you? But let's look at a passage from Hebrews 11. And this shows us the sort of problem you can run into if we don't just let the scripture speak, but we try and rationalise it and make it say what we think it should say to fit our expectations. This is Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. Remember, this, this is the end of the passage where uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look at all these great people of faith. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. And in that list there's Jephthah. Go and read it. You wouldn't be too pleased if your teenage child or grandchild turned out like Jephthah. You have some questions about his wisdom. So this is the point at which I could start making a long list of Bible characters who were not necessarily the most sensible or honest or faithful or desirable of peoples. Uh, you could say it's God's parade of the dishonourable. So why did God use them? Uh, sometimes they were scandalous and sometimes there is frankly appalling behaviour. Let's just look at the scriptures. The fact is, he did. And the epistle of Hebrews says they are examples. Now, examples of what? Not of living. Not as examples of how to set problems or solve problems or to live, but of faith. God uses not so good people to show faith in action. If we carry on reading Hebrews, it unpacks it a bit for us, and we have this. This is Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it's the cloud that's great, not the witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we can get the message now. These Bible characters are not role models. They carried the weight of sin which clings so closely and yet still managed to show faith. We should not look to them, but we should look to Jesus. Let's take a very brief look at the book of Judges. This is one of John's uh, statements. I'm going to do the whole of Judges in about two seconds. If we look at the whole of Judges, it leaves us wondering just how bad humanity can be. I, I find reading Judges quite disturbing sometimes. You, you read it through and you think, what? Is this the best uh, humanity can do? 
But maybe that's the message of the book. Maybe the message of the book is that is the best humanity can do. Don't look at Gideon. Don't look to Gideon. We can easily fault Gideon. But understand that the message is God uses, if I could be a bit colloquial, God uses nutters. God uses failures. God uses people who are questionable. But God uses them. If you look in the, the book of Judges, there's a wonderful story of Tola. Perhaps Tola's my favourite judge. Uh, why is there Tola even in Judges? Is it they're just complete the timeline? Maybe I should remind you what is recorded about Tola. Nothing. Nothing. It just says Tola was a judge in Israel for 20 odd years. That's it. Nothing. And perhaps that's the point. Perhaps sometimes there is nothing to report. He was called of God, but there was nothing to report. What matters is that he was called of God. And he was obedient to the calling that God gave him. And I must admit, I'd rather have Tola um, as a judge than many of the others from what we've read. So the book of Judges gives us a picture of human politics, sometimes eventful, often treacherous, sometimes quiet. But in that chaos and godlessness, God used men and women. Not because of their might, but because they were capable of faith, despite their failings. And maybe that's the message. What about us then? Are you any less wise than Jephthah? It would be difficult. Are you any less trusting than Gideon? Uh, read the story as it is. It would be difficult. Are you more delinquent than Samson? I sincerely hope not. Are you more disobedient and angry than Jonah? Uh, we could go on for a long time. We could go through a lot of people in the scripture. But the point is this. God uses the faith of the most surprising people. God can use you. Maybe as a Tola, used with nothing to report. Maybe as a Samuel, change the nation. Either or will do. The effect is down to God, not down to you necessarily. What matters is that you're available, despite who you are, to be used by God. To discover that the way to be used by God is through faith. Now, I come back to one of the points I've made. If you are disobedient or stupid, God will discipline you. But we can still be used. One of the biggest difficulties many people have is to learn to respect themselves and to have love and respect for themselves. Now, here's the thought for you. God loves you anyway and he will discipline you because he loves you faith is to trust that he loves you and to live in that trust
come to you you're ever present ever with us you're our strong and mighty god lord that's always waiting for us to come to you thank you lord that you do lift us upon your wings that you do carry us on your shoulders that lord you do love us and lord i, I just thank you for your, for the words and the songs this morning and the prayers, Lord Jesus, and just thank you that today is new every morning for your blessings towards us. And for some of us, this can be a new start to see ourselves in a different way through what we've heard through your strong word, the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the word. You are the way. You are the life and you are the everlasting God. Amen.